This is 100 Days of Dante, a podcast journey through Dante's divine comedy, one canto at a time. Join us online at 100daysofdante.com. Let's read together. Canto 19 of Inferno is the kind of canto that would have, should have, and did get Dante into a lot of trouble. Let's be honest, if you're going to criticize the papacy, you're asking for problems. Though many of us today have affectionate feelings towards the Bishop of Rome, that's because the previous popes, John Paul II and Benedict XVI, and the current Pope Francis I, are rather likable men. In Dante's time, I'm sure the papacy was, at times, filled with likable men. But Dante certainly didn't like some of the popes of his time. On top of that, the papacy in Dante's time was a powerful position, like being the king or president of a country. Some medieval popes were more political than spiritual, I'm afraid. So as we consider this canto, let's not forget that we are in hell and we're meeting popes. The main sin in Canto 19 is called simony, which is an instance of fraud that is a misuse of reason. Simony is named after a magician called Simon in the book of Acts. Simon, a Christian believer, saw the disciples Peter and John lay hands on a group of believers in Samaria and give them the Holy Spirit. Simon was fascinated and wanted this power for himself. Acts 8.18 says, Now when Simon saw that the Spirit was given through the laying on of the apostles' hands, he offered them money. So simony is when someone buys or sells a church office. For example, some medieval priests had their positions because they paid money to bishops to give them these cushy appointments. Not everyone did this, but it was so common that Dante included this canto so that he could put the simonist in hell, since it is a particular kind of malice corrupting even those with a holy calling on their life. We know that this is the topic of the canto as soon as we begin reading it. O Simon Magus, O you wretched crew of his disciples, the things of God should be espoused to righteousness and love, and you, rapacious wolves, you pander them for gold, foul them for silver. In short, the things of God, like church offices and positions, should not be bought and sold for gold and silver, but should be given to those who are worthy. Dante's language of rapacious wolves harkens all the way back to Canto 1, where he talks about the she-wolf that he saw. Though it is difficult to understand Dante's use of the leopard, lion, and she-wolf in Canto 1, his use of the word wolves here suggests that the she-wolf might represent the sin of avarice or greed. In short, wolves appear to have a connection to money in Dante's imagination, but he was also likely thinking that these shepherds of the church were not protecting their flock, but like a wolf, devouring them instead. Coming back to Canto 19, as Dante looks around this level of hell, He notices that there are holes in the walls and the ground, and each one has a set of legs sticking out. He writes, Out of the mouth of every hole there struck a sinner's feet and legs up to the fat above the knee. The rest remained inside, and everywhere the soles of their feet were set afire. This form of punishment seems appropriate for the Simonists because it is an inversion of Romans 10.15, which itself is quoting Isaiah 52.7. In Romans, the Apostle Paul writes, How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. Popes are supposed to have beautiful feet that carry the good news of the gospel to the world, not feet that are on fire and writhing in pain. Dante's gaze immediately is drawn to one pair of legs whose fire is particularly bright, licked by redder flame, he writes. Turns out it's Pope Nicholas III. As Dante starts talking to Nicholas, we learn that he is not alone in his hole. He says, under my head, the others are all crammed, my predecessor popes in simony, he confesses. 
Further, Nicholas realizes that he will not always be the one on top with his legs sticking out. In due time, another Simoniac Pope will arrive, Boniface VIII, and push him down into the hole, flat like the others. And then another, and another. Of course, not all popes practice simony, but Dante is making a point. Some popes are not all that holy and behave poorly. This should not surprise us, of course, for we are all sinners, but Dante and many other medieval writers viewed simony as an exceptionally grievous sin, and a reminder of Canto 19 tells us why and offers us a lesson in how to be good disciples of God. What makes simony a particularly bad sin is that it is an irrational and animal-like sin directly against God himself. Notice these lines from Dante. Oh, tell me, how much treasure did Jesus want? Out of St. Peter did our Lord before he placed the keys in his authority. Surely he asked no more than follow me. Dante is thinking about the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 16, where Jesus says, I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will give you, Peter, the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. For medieval Christians, this passage meant that priests, bishops, and popes were given the power of God to absolve sins. If people repented, that is. What Dante is asking poor Nicholas III is this. Why would you and the other popes commit simony and sell church offices to people for money? Did Jesus charge the Apostle Peter money when he gave him the power to absolve sins? The answer, of course, is no. Jesus did not sell this pastoral power, but freely gave it to Peter. The only cost was Peter's obedience in following Jesus. Dante's lesson to his readers, which means us, is that we should do the pastoral and Christian things that we do, not for money, but because we are disciples and followers of Jesus. To do otherwise, thinks Dante, is to sin to such an extent that one deserves punishment in hell. Dante's words to the Simoniacs in hell should be a clear warning to us. Quote, silver and gold, you've made it into your God. If we get too invested in getting rich by selling our Christian service and ministry, then we fail to worship God and instead make getting rich our God. And in our very materialistic world today, this is a real and great temptation. Though we're not the Pope, this is still a very important message for us to hear. Our service to others must be for God's sake alone and not for what we can get out of it. Like the Apostle Peter, God calls us to follow him, and we must do so freely and willingly. Thank you for reading Dante's Divine Comedy with us. Continue the journey at 100daysofdante.com. 100 Days of Dante is brought to you by the Baylor University Honors College with support from the Tory Honors College at Biola University, the Templeton Honors College at Eastern University, the University of Dallas, Whitworth University, and Gonzaga University in Florence.